This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and here I am with my co-host, who very, very rarely gets any of his maths wrong. It's Jon. Hello, Jon. Mm. Yeah, well, as long as one plus one makes three, I'm totally happy. Oh, and dear. yes, that's non-Euclidean maths, but it's still, you can prove that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, this uh, math space interlude is brought to you by the people at Fujitsu. And, Who uh, also can count well. Well, uh, yeah, they can certainly count the number of people <laughs> they uh, accidentally, or maybe maybe not so accidentally, uh, ended up uh, being but, a part of sending them to prison. This is a story. That's all fine. Oh dear. Well, I mean, this is a story that's been around for a while. Uh, we're sort of uh, catching up a little bit on it, but I think it's it's an interesting discussion worth having. Um, the like the core of this, if you've been living under a rock, is that uh, some some software as used in the uh, UK. Uh, post office system was losing track of uh, money effectively some sort of bugs in the software and caused the uh, the the Royal Mail to effectively um, prosecute and in some cases jail um, for theft and false accounting um, more than 900 uh, people which is pretty serious yeah this is not what i thought going postal meant <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so i mean there's there's a few different sort of angles here the first one is that and this is it's one of those things that's, that's probably obvious but i i don't think it really gets talked about very much but like bugs in software can have very real very Ruin meaningful lives. Yeah, very real, very meaningful personal kind of impacts to people. And I mean, you wouldn't have necessarily thought that like a bug in a piece of accounting software could lead to you know, 900 people being prosecuted and some people going to jail. But I mean, damn. Yeah, and this actually ran from like 1999 till 2015. So that's 16 yeah. years this went on. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's there's one part of it is that another part of this, is, and this is the the sort of uh, where things get well and truly sketchy, is the scope of people that actually knew that there were these problems in the software and were aware that it was having this impact and that you know people were being directly uh, prosecuted. And like, yeah, I think it was Fujitsu actually, you know, spoke at inquiries uh, and and at trials, knowing full well that there were bugs in their software that that were causing the data to be incorrect. And like, that's that's just where for me my mind is, it's just well and truly blown because I don't. I understand like the short term mentality of like, oh. We don't want to get caught out having problems in our software to this extent. But the long term of this is, well, is the impact that we're seeing now, which is you will eventually get found out 
someone will eventually blow the whistle on this and then like the whole kind of house of cards comes toppling down and now you've got you know fujitsu's reputation the reputation of the uk postal service you've got you know all of these individuals reputations that have all been kind of tarnished and impacted and just it it just it just blows my mind and i i i struggle to understand why why organizations like make decisions like this or why people make decisions like this oh i mean this is more a fact of not making decisions right and just trusting the software because if computer says no then it must be so and let's not investigate if that's any way true or false and if somebody comes complaining saying hey i did this by hand <clears throat> and i don't get the same results yeah but the computer says it, so we believe the computer anyway yeah and <clears throat> this has a little bit to do with also with people not knowing their jobs anymore we trust computers so much that it will do its thing. And for some things, that's great. I mean, you can say this about computers, but about machines in general. And I think we talked about this early before, uh, early already. I mean, I don't have to know how my car works. I do maintenance regularly. The thing works well. I don't have any problems with it. If it stalls out, I call the uh, road assistants. And I haven't got a clue. I have some idea of how a combustion engine works. That, mm -hmm. Yeah, you put petrol and oxygen explodes, things expand and things start moving and that makes the wheels go forward. But don't ask me to double check what the person in the garage has done to my car. I just mm -hmm. pay him on blind faith, mm -hmm. which is a bad thing, but it's inevitable. Yeah. It's inevitable because no one person can know everything. So you have to kind of delegate parts of your brain to someone else at yeah. that point. Yeah. But with computers, it becomes so all-encompassing. I mean, everything is in computers now and nobody checks the computers anymore. And this being able to go on for 16 years, I mean, yeah, the yeah. first couple of years, maybe people would say, Haha. but after 10 years, you still get people complaining. Hey, you say I stole money. Nobody can prove anything. The money can never be found because the money didn't exist. Mm. And you still don't look, or at least, I mean, it's not just Fujitsu that went wrong here. The whole legal system, in this case, UK, but I'm pretty sure yeah. it's the same everywhere. Yeah. How did the defense of these people not come up with this? Yeah. What, what happened here? Now, probably post office workers aren't millionaires. They don't have a lot of money. And if a company like Fujitsu and the government of the United Kingdom comes against you, yeah. you will take a plea probably. Yeah. And that's also, that's a problem with the justice system. So, I mean, can we just wrap this up and say the world isn't perfect? No, we can't because <laughs> we should make it better. Then. <laughs> yeah, but the so the next question is, you know, who? So I think we we probably have a fairly good idea of of who's liable, I guess. So you know. Fujitsu, first of all, for covering up um, and like being... Mm, that depends on what they said in these investigations because no software you buy is bug-free. If you ever buy a piece of software that's guaranteed bug-free, I know one thing, you're being lied to. Now, there have been inquiries and if, that's, if they ask... And then that's, of course, the question is the person versus the company because the person being asked the question may have only the information he has, he or she has, and may have full honestly have said, to my knowledge, there are no bugs. And this is another thing that happens a lot in bigger companies that you can't admit your mistakes anymore. 
This was very prevalent in the Asian world for a long time. Sorry, I don't want to be uh, racist here. I think this is a well-known cultural fact. But it's now pervasive because the U.S. is also going that uh, way. And a lot of U.S. companies have their branches in the the Europe part as well. So we here in Europe are also kind of living that life now where a dissenting voice needs to be shut down. If you see something and you think, hang on, is this a smart thing? You're you're not the team player anymore. You're not the person you want to work with. And people don't speak up anymore. And this is kind of where that leads. Yeah. I mean, the the fact that there's... uh, I don't know what this guy's role is. The the exact... uh, Specifically, a high-up leader at, at Fujitsu, when he was asked about why the bugs weren't fixed when the company knew about them from a very early stage, he just said, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm a manager. What am I supposed to know? (laughs) I I mean, just... Uh, This connect is huge. Yeah. But like the... I can't work out whether it's... Is it is it hubris? Like, do people people that try and cover this stuff up? Do they genuinely just like think, oh, like I'll, no one will find this out. I'm too smart. No, I don't think. Again, don't assume malice when stupidity will do. This is just the fact that these companies are getting so big. If you look at companies like Fujitsu, they do everything from insurances Mm -hmm. to hardware to software to. Probably foodstuffs as well. I mean, if you look at their local country, they probably do a lot more than what we know them for internationally. Mm. And that's a bit of the a problem with the whole globalization, internationalization, conglomeratization. There's a word for that, that I can't pronounce, but you probably know what I mean. Making big conglomerates of everything. And in the end, the person at the top, how can you expect that person to know what everything is doing? Look at these huge companies like Unilever. They do gazillion things. They're 20,000 different companies underneath that mantle. And then you ask the top brass, did you know the peas were one millimeter too small? I honestly have no idea. That's a very normal answer. Now, the persons should not be willing to take those responsibilities. Typically, uh, me personally, if you're a manager and you can't see what you're managing anymore, maybe you should kind of raise a red flag here and say, hey, we shouldn't be this big. But yeah. then, of course, money starts talking. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things here is this is a, in the grand scheme of the world of software, like this is also a relatively simple, um, you know, solution that we're talking about here. Extrapolate, you know, what's happened here through to... Yeah, the world of LLMs, you know, neural networks generally, um, you know, systems that are even less explainable and less able to um, provide accountability. Is that the right? Auditability. Yeah, auditability of the decisions of why decisions are made doesn't paint a particularly rosy picture for for some of this, does it? Well, it's even worse. You're talking about less explainable systems. Neural networks, by definition, are unexplainable. Mm. The whole idea of a neural network is that we don't know how it works. We put stuff in, 
we get stuff out, we put it back in again until the stuff coming out and in is what we expect it to be. How the thing in between does it, we just don't know. And that's different from machine learning. Machine learning, mm. which is basically just advanced statistics, mm-hmm. you can, there's still an algorithm, you can, you can draw a graph, do the minimization of the curve, whatever, and you can manually kind of come to the same conclusion-ish. You'll never get the same precision mm-hmm. perhaps, but you can kind of still explain a uh, ping pong ball goes left, right, left, right, left, and ends up in the blue bucket because this. Neural networks, we did networks train themselves. We influenced them. But the whole idea, I mean, we also don't know how our, how, how our own brains work. Impulses come in, reactions happen. Why? Nobody knows. We're trying to map the brain and stuff like that, but still it's more alchemy than anything else, I think. Neural networks are hundred thousands of orders of magnitude smaller than our brains at the moment, but even those are totally black boxes. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that that's a problem. It's the problem that on the one hand, yes, they become magic. And on the other hand, we make them look so ideal and perfect and it's the future and you should do it. If you don't do it, you're stupid. You shouldn't do calculating in your head. That's stupid. Let the machine do that. And that's why we started this episode with one plus one is three. <laughs> 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 because in the basis, that's it. When, when I went to school in the olden days, when the trees were still talking and the elves were fluttering about, uh, you kind of spent a lot of time doing one plus one is two, two plus two is four, da, 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 da. Mm. and that was deemed stupid and should not be done. We have calculated for that now, right? Well, yes, but being able to double check what the computer says is very useful and extrapolate that a couple of uh, degrees further you get Fujitsu's things and in the future the CEO of Fujitsu will actually totally honestly be able to say I have no idea mm. and that's why the whole legislation about explainability of machine learning models of neural models is so important I know in the EU we're doing a lot of good work there I mean the mm. EU, not not your island then but the EU in any way um, if you're looking at that stuff around privacy, AI regulation, stuff like that, EU is at the moment one of the, at the forefront, let's say, of trying to not solve this because it's unsolvable, I think, but at least mitigate the worst excesses that could be possible. Mm-hmm. But it also limits innovation because are you going to tell people you can't use more neural networks because they're not explainable? I mean, some big government agencies at the moment are not allowed to use neural networks because they're not explainable. If you yeah. capture a criminal through a ML, sorry, a neural network tool you used, you go to court, the judge is supposed to ask you, tell me how you figured this out. And mm. then you tell them, we have no idea, but it's green. Case gets thrown out. Yeah. And I mean, definitely at uh, internet crime, there's such a big scale of it. If you don't use computers, there's no way you're going to get it. You know, you're never going to catch these people. And that's kind of a catch-22, right? It is good if yeah. used correctly, but as if you can't check if it was used correctly, is the end justify the means? Very tricky situation. Yeah. I mean, I suppose... I, I mean, is one option... Yeah, if a if a neural network is able to draw a particular conclusion, can you use yeah a different method, a different model, a different 
like you so use rather than using a neural network like go back to a traditional machine learning approach to see if that comes up with a directionally similar result and that is an explainable system which then reinforces if, it or if that were possible we wouldn't need neural networks because machine learning models are orders of magnitude more cheap to run than neural networks mm. are and typically one of my ex-colleagues uh, had the he was a data scientist kind of person and he kind of said if i know what i'm doing i'm doing machine learning and if i tried all the machine learning stuff and i really don't get what i want to I'll throw it in a random forest and let the neural network figure it out because I'm giving up. Mm. So now you just can't do it. But you, now sometimes it's, it's, it's easy to check, right? I mean, if you have an image recognition program, for example, and mm. it's supposed to recognize trees or uh, take the electric cars with the self-driving stuff, you need to mm -hmm. identify bicycles, cars, whatever. You could let the system run a while, Take, uh, capture video footage and the meta tags that come out of it and then give a human the task to check this through. And that happens actually. That's how actually things get reinforced learned. So they make the model work better by giving it the false results and telling, hey, this was wrong, please learn better. So next time you give a better answer. Yes, I'm butchering the language here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's only possible for these kind of things. And it's very labor intensive because these neural networks, I mean, there's, there's a big urban lit, I guess, with the capture things, with the image in the capture, that's how they train the neural network. So people click it. It's not true. But anyway, just imagine if that was true, how many they would have to have done that because then they can crowdsource the whole internet because then you have enough people to do that checking false, whatever. If you just have two people in an office checking all the image recognition in the world, forget it. And the fact that we know that this doesn't happen because there have been a couple of, uh, I think in the US, uh, law lawsuits, cases, mm. where people are in prison based on image recognition, facial image recognition, when when you looked at it, they looked nothing like the, the picture they were looking for. Just because, hey, computer says so, green, mm. move on. Experience is a bad, bad taskmaster. Mm. Did I use that word correctly? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, I think maybe we've got time for one more topic of discussion, and uh, that is around: uh, Have you noticed your uh, your Google search results getting worse? Um, there was a study done. I think it was a German company, off the top of my head. Um, a study study done by an organisation um, that essentially. Uh, believes that the the reason why um, search results are getting worse and worse is because there is uh, so much more um, sort of affiliate and generated content flooding um, the internet uh, as of uh, as of late, and it's just you know if you go and search for something, the chances are that the chances are very high, in fact, that you're you're going to get a whole load of uh, auto-generated content that's polluting your your sort of search enriching, results. Enriching. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's agree to disagree. <laughs> and like, I I've definitely seen this more and more over the last twelve months. It's been a it's been a trend that's been kind of steadily accelerating. But I think it's that that <laughs> acceleration has has uh, has now kind of dropped a few more gears and is speeding up even more because it's getting so much easier for people to generate this kind of content at, vo at, uh, at volume. And 
I when I see generated content at the moment, I still think I still think I can recognize it like probably a good 70, 80, 90% of the time. There's just some sort of feel about it that and and the way it's structured and all that sort of thing that that makes me think, yeah, I'm not not sure I believe that this is that this is real. But A, the technology is getting better and better. So that's gonna be even more difficult to discern. I mean, I really don't know where this is heading. Like it at the moment, if this trend continues, like searching for anything on the internet would be completely useless and completely impossible unless we unless something drastically changes the way that um you know the way that search results are returned well in my opinion google is killing itself because they're not only searching a lot of bad data now which is auto generated and by the way mm -hmm. you will it's all a matter of effort the some people do generate the stuff to make a point to prove a point and then the golden rule of if it sounds too good to be true or too bad to be true or whatever to be true, it probably mm -hmm. isn't. That kind of catches a lot of the something. We found gold on the moon. Yeah, no. But there's gold on the moon, but not any, whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, if why we do you think we keep sending people up there? Exactly. Gold. But if you have nation states uh, doing this on a very easy one at a time, just building up. I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of documented proof on how the Chinese government is doing. How to call that? Uh, trying to change opinions, but doing it very, very, very softly, very, very sneakily. Those things. Um, I have read stuff that afterwards that oh, that was that. Oh, okay. So we also mm. are part of partly educating ourselves on this. Yeah. Now, why did <coughs> why did Google become so big? Because it became the first search engine that did semantic search. That mm. was not just keyword searching, but actually try to understand what you're asking and got better results. Yep. They are now breaking this by doing all this uh, LLM stuff. Uh, and personally, I prefer so much more putting three keywords in a, in, a, in, a key, in a Google search bar and getting my results. I don't want to write a whole sentence out. I make way too much typos for that to be productive. <laughs> but if that becomes the way to do it, Sure, it's a change, but people will, after the fad, after the the, 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 the hype bears off. I mean, yeah, I'm going to try it once. Can I make the most incredible, stupid question and still have a response? We'll, we'd all like to see a disaster happening. But at some point, somebody is going to make something that does it differently. And what different, mm -hmm. different is, well, if I knew that, I wouldn't be here. would be making a billion dollars an hour. But um, yeah, I do think we're going to see a change at some point here because first it was the ads the ads are just breaking everything and we trained ourselves when you do a google search scroll half a page up immediately because the top part is rubbish and i've actually installed a piehole locally now so i even if i click those links i get errors because piehole doesn't let those through <laughs> <laughs> so that works they're gonna learn the same way to work with that thing but the problem is that the knowledge of how to use the technology will start making a divide in people in populations you'll have the people in the know and the people not in the know and the people in the know will be able to manipulate the people not in the know and that's always a bad thing 
because at some time, at some point, the people in the not know <laughs> how to start making my sentence wrong uh, are going to figure it out, and there will be a revolution. Nothing, nothing violent, but a revolution in oh, we're not going to use that search engine anymore because we can't trust it. And once yeah. you lose that battle, Google is gone. Yeah. The the other thing that I think plays into this somewhat, and I think that you know you mentioned. Uh, earlier when we were talking about the previous topic around legislation and guidelines and that sort of thing like the the uh there's an overwhelming um desire for example to ensure that um for one of a better phrase like ai generated content is somehow made more recognizable so whether that's AI-generated images, whether that's, um, you know, auto-generated content, like text, whether that is, um, you know, whatever it is, like the, there is a a desire to somehow, I don't know, for want of a better word, police that. Mm. I just, like, while on the one hand, like, yes, if that were possible and if everyone actually did that, that would... Like that would be a huge step forward, but the reality is that um, a no one, apart from maybe the consumers of information, no one is actually interested in seeing that really happen. Um, the second thing is that you've got um, you've got the situation where if that were in place then all of a sudden like the the i don't know perceived value or call it whatever you want of, of all of those all of that auto-generated stuff that could be filtered out in in the click of a click of a preference on your search engine for example you know that immediately you know transforms the landscape there but the the third thing is probably the fact that well what if you start off with some auto-generated content and then go and manipulate it then what is it is it really yours is it really you know generated or is it this thing in between like if you take an image if you take a foundation from an image that's that's um that's been generated by um you know some sort of automated tooling and then go and add some of your own color or flair or style or whatever or even use that as inspiration to create something else then you know, it, it very quickly gets into a lot of grey area. And I I just I like the, the the simplicity of the idea behind it. I just don't think it's actually practical. Oh, it's opt in and the bad guys will never opt in, so it won't yeah. solve the problem. And I mean art's been doing this for ages. I mean mm. whenever they figured out that you could put a paint bucket on a on a turning wheel and give the thing a yank and have spatters go on a on a canvas and then touch it up a little bit. That was auto-generated, not by an LLM, I agree. <laughs> but there was no human intelligence behind the spatters on the on the on the on the canvas. And those things sell for millions. Well, maybe not millions, I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not, not into art. But again, that's one way of doing art, and that's been accepted a long time. Yeah. Also, lying is not illegal. If it was, we wouldn't have any ads. Because trust me, not every detergent out there can be the best. Surely not. Surely I have all never seen. I've never seen an ad with the second best. 
mean, I would actually trust that ad more than the ad that says they're the best. But anyway, but that's just how we've been growing up. It's part of life. And these LLMs, I mean, there are going to be some legislation on the very, ex ex very extremes. I, I, mm. I just read yesterday, I think there's going to be a EU law against uh, deep fake porn. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually reasonably easy to prove ish. Mm. Um, but uh, that's not why we, that's not, I mean, yes, that's bad. It shouldn't happen, definitely. But that's not what's going to disrupt people's lives. It's the more insidious, politically mm. motivated things that cause problems. And I mean, I mean, for now, like every couple of weeks, you have a, a, a story in the news where a lawyer cited cases that never oh, existed because yeah. he did an LLM search. And these are lawyers. I mean, sure, they're not mathematicians. So, yeah, but still, if you go to law school, you must have a brain. And surely, like, a big part of it is, like, just check your facts. But That's yeah. the one thing a lawyer is supposed to do, check the facts, I think, <laughs> and then manipulate them in the way to make his case work, but at least check the facts. Yeah, and just the facts, I mean, ma'am. We don't care well, anymore. I think that's it. We don't care anymore. Yeah. I mean, we obviously care. <laughs> We care very much. I think that's Dave's hint that we're running over time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even going to ask him. I'm just going to say it's all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast, even if it doesn't matter at all, by becoming a patron. Our patrons do matter a lot because their contributions do help. We are on YouTube. Like, subscribe, hit notification bells. You can go to www.roaringout.org. There's links to the Patreon page, the YouTube page, and more information about the podcast. And you can send your feedback by playing old email preferably not generated by an LLM, to podcast at roaringelf.org. Until next time, my name is, I guess I'm depressed now, Jon. And my name is We Still Care Dave. I look forward to caring more about a lot of stuff next week. Goodbye. See you then.